0: This month, the podcast is sponsored by Dame, the award-winning sustainable period products company.
1: Dame's mission is to make periods positive, making sustainable options that are better for us and the planet. Dame launched the world's first reusable tampon applicator made with self-sanitizing technology and tampons that are 100% organic cotton as well as toxin and plastic free. Because of this, 80% of Dame's customers have reported less irritation, less cramping,
0: and shorter and lighter periods after three cycles. But if tampons aren't your thing, then they've got you covered with
1: their reusable pads, which are thinner, drier, softer, and greener than any of the disposable options. What's crazy is 1.3 billion disposable tampon applicators are thrown away in the uk every year and a pack of single use pads has up to four plastic bags worth of plastic in them dame's concept is so simple and it's high time we all do our bit to save the planet and use less plastic since launching their reusable applicator dame have avoided over 12 million single-use applicators being thrown away and counting Beyond their products,
0: Dame are also working hard to make the world a better place for those who bleed with body and mind empowerment, ending period shame through starting and normalizing conversations. So go and give them a follow on Instagram at Dame for good to find out more.
1: So if you're keen to give Dame's products a try, and we highly recommend that you do, then we've kindly been given a discount code for 25% off their products. Just head to www.wearedame.co and use code RECOS25. All details are in the show notes. Welcome to Book Greco's Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren.
0: And we're the pals behind Book Greco's. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. July has flown by in the hot and sweaty blink of an eye, and so it's time to dive into the books that we have enjoyed this month.
1: We're going to discuss the fabulous book from Pandora's Book Subscription, Jessica Andrews' second book, as well as another co ho and a fabulous audiobook.
0: last episode of the month Lauren and last episode before our summer holidays. Um, It's a bit like having those six weeks off that we spoke about in the last episode. Oh
1: my god yes except we have full-time jobs still and mortgages to pay so actually it's nothing like that really is it? It's less than ideal is what it is. What have you got planned for August? I am going to Ireland for about 10 days for a wedding and then doing a bit of a road trip Mm. and going to where am I going? keep forgetting where I'm going. Malaga. Going to Malaga. Nice. Excellent day. How about you, Jess? I've got a wedding in Cornwall. Oh,
0: we're both going to weddings that are far away. Mm. Um, And then, yes, yeah, staying for a few extra days. Just have to check. Why wouldn't you? am going to stay in Newquay as a base, Love um, that. but then going to do road trips to different parts. Uh, so if anyone oh, has so nice. any recos aren't insanely deep into Cornwall, I'm not looking to go too deep. Mm. Like Lizard, I've done that already um hit up our
1: dms especially if there's any bookshops that I should be on the lookout for wonderful and also the fact that you're going to Newquay is basically like what we would have done when we were 16 years old anyways so do you know what I mean do you know what I mean um I'm not surfing in
0: Newquay <laughs> I'm not a surfer I'm not even gonna try not, going out, out. not going out i not going out either
1: maybe I will who knows go crazy um, yeah, so lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. And also, do you know what we'll have to do with all this free time on our hands? What? Some Maid of Honor planning. Let's get that Hindu going.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for yes. anyone who didn't see, Jess um, asked me to be her Maid of Honor for her wedding. I'm so excited, and I'm also a little bit emotional. <laughs> and... She asked me in the most amazing way possible because obviously we're both obsessed with Monica Veneda jewellery. And so have a look on our grid because there was a nice little Monica Veneda. I don't know how to explain it. How do you explain it?
0: Well, I wrote on a Monica Veneda box, which has a backstory. Because I ordered so much of their jewellery, I had lots of boxes spare, thank fuck. Because I wrote on it in a gold pen and my first choice of gold pen did not go so well. So I was like, this is why we order loads of jewellery because now I've got a different (laughs) box I can write on. I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should have saved
0: the shit one to show you because it's fucking awful.
1: Isn't it That always the way we're like, when you're under pressure to write nicely, you just fuck it up. It's like your hand just forgets how to write all of a sudden.
0: 100p. And when you're just writing the shopping list, you're like, wow, that's like a bit of lovely calligraphy
1: there. Yeah. And it means nothing. It's just disposable. Nothing. It's going to go in the bin in 10 minutes. Yeah. But for anyone who also loves a bit of go- um, jewelry, gold or silver or ro- rose gold, whatever takes your fancy, um, we have a wonderful discount code for Monica Veneda, which I'm going to unashamedly put into our show notes. Yeah. Well, it's 20% off, which is actually very significant. It's very significant. It makes for some of them feel real... quite pricey. So it really makes a difference. And some is affordable as well. But yeah. I think it's way worth the investment because none of it goes, no, it doesn't tarnish like yeah. other jewellery does. It's all gold-plated, so it's not super expensive, yeah. but it's done really well so it doesn't like leave your fingers green or your ears green, which you don't want. You don't want. It's a high reco from us, guys. Mm, yeah. And um, if you buy something, let us know because we might want to buy it too. <laughs> Likely <laughs> get- will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we get on to the episode? Let's do that. So final episode. Shall we kick it off with Pandora's book choice for July? Because it was such a good one. Ideal.
0: Okay. So the choice was Why Did You Stay by Rebecca Humphreys. Do you want to drop the
1: synop, Lauren? Here we go. Actor, writer and hopeless romantic Rebecca Humphreys had often been called crazy by her boyfriend. But when paparazzi caught him kissing his Strictly Come Dancing partner, she realised the only crazy thing was believing she didn't deserve more. Forced into victimhood by her story, Rebecca chose to reclaim her power, posting her thoughts on social media, including advice for other women who might be experiencing what she realised she'd managed to escape. A toxic, oppressive relationship. A flood of support poured in, but amongst the well wishes was a simple question with an infinitely complex answer. If he was so bad, why did you stay? It's empowering, unflinching and full of humour. This book takes that question and owns it. Using her relationship history, coming of age stories and experiences since the scandal during Strictly, Rebecca explores why good girls are drawn to darkness, whether pop culture glamorises toxicity and when a relationship rough patched becomes the start of a destructive cycle. If women are conditioned for codependency and ultimately how to reframe disaster into something magical a bit of a mouthful that that uh, was quite I, a long
0: blurb but it does yeah it does
1: express the book mm. um so
0: I knew instantly when I read the blurb I knew instantly which celebrity which strictly celeb it was and which strictly dancer it was because at the time of when it when this hit the news I was all over it and I was keeping up with the news um Rebecca never uses either of their names yeah in the book he is called he or him and it's like capitalized h and she is called The Dancer, again capitalized. Yeah. And I'd kind of forgotten that it had happened, because there has been a whole pandemic since then. Um, so yeah. I'm very glad that Pandora's that we are like subscribers to Pandora's books because I would this might have passed me by, even though I was like today. so involved back in the day. And I
1: didn't know she was doing a book. So glad we read it because it's yeah. not one. So I hadn't um I hadn't made that connection. And I sort of knew of the scandal, but it was like back in my brain somewhere I hadn't you know it wasn't something I really thought about and um, was it the year that Stacey Dooley was on, yeah, 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 okay, um, so I loved I loved that because it ultimately it is it's fiction, isn't it? It's her memoir, and obviously the first thing I did was googled um. And you get his name straight away. Yeah, I got his name, got the pictures, saw all the paparazzi posts. I loved it. It's a juicy read. Is that a horrible thing to say? Juicy reads? Because, I mean, I mean it, it is the basis of her memoir. It, it, it is a juicy read, though,
0: because you never think you're going to be given this
1: access. There's much insight into the breakdown of such a public relationship yeah. and a public news story. And she does not hold back either. Does not. Like... She puts him under the coals and rightly so, because he is a toxic motherfucker. And I'm really glad that she's found her voice through this book, because you can't now read this book and then think that he is a nice guy. No, he is. I awful. met him. He
0: didn't. I organised a, sta- a charity stand up gig at the Apollo, and mm. he was one of the celebrities. Oh my god! I want of- that yeah he was one of the comedians yeah and we did like a behind the like backstage i have literally forgotten about this until right now and we did a like talk to camera ask him a few questions it was for a conservation charity so one of the questions was like what's your favorite animal it's conservation it's like yeah um elephants lions tigers yeah. and he said dog even though that like, he knew what our charity was about and I was like you're a douche because dog isn't helpful because I like, don't work for like the RSPCA. Yeah. And we don't need to save the dogs. <laughs> That's not what our charity is setting out to do. There's other ones that do a brilliant job. <laughs> yeah, I think you should be at the RSPCA. <laughs> yeah, like go to Battersea. Um, so that was douchey from him. So I, I should have known. Mm, yeah, all the sites were there. All, all the, the red flags were there. there.
1: I should have told Rebecca. <laughs> um, but she knew anyway. Yeah. And I really like, I know it was mentioned in the blurb, but I really like how the title of the book was also a comment that she just repeatedly received on Twitter and from multiple people after she released her statement. And also, can we just take a side note that what kind of messed up world we live in where a man who has publicly cheated on his girlfriend and... Not apologize to her, but it's it was her who was told repeatedly not to make, not to release a statement, not to address it because it would ruin her career. And Rebecca Humphreys is an actress, uh, an actor. Um, and I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Why shouldn't she be allowed to have say her piece when it has, when he was in the wrong, she's done absolutely nothing, but you know, he's he was doing this massive um PR job to to save his reputation and actually he was a really toxic um toxic person um but yeah this book she so, she sort of just says like she's not going to hold back or um ex- and she's not afraid to expose the ways in which he'd been controlling her and abusing her mentally for their entire relationship
0: yeah and i thought that why did you stay Title and yeah. how so actually the book starts with the statement that she put out on social media, mm. which was great because I'd kind of forgotten about it, and then you can like keep referring yeah. to it at the beginning of the book. Um, and she also has a few comments underneath it, and one of them is that why did you stay? Yeah. And so every chapter sort of answers it addresses it, doesn't why it? Why she stays. Um, I mean, there are so many quotes that I made a note of, but this one in particular really summarizes the book. Oh. and it like answers that question and i just thought it was brilliant uh, she says um i am no longer a supporting character in this narrative i am the lead and what is more i wrote the script
1: ah, night drop moment yes rebecca and um, so one of the main forms of abuse that rebecca experienced from her partner was gaslighting and i thought the whole commentary around gaslighting and the analysis she gave of it throughout the book was so interesting because it's not something I'd considered before because she basically says how gaslighting has become like a term in many of our vocabularies now. Yeah. But it's almost reached the point of overuse and is a word that now is misused quite a lot. And that's actually quite a dangerous place to be in because when it is genuinely happening, it sort of gets brushed under the carpet now as as um, I don't know, it's, it, it loses its meaning or mm. and its impact. And so she describes gaslighting as someone else calling into question your mental state in order to facilitate their own bad behaviour. And that, that can take mev- um, many forms, whether it is somebody cheating on you, undermining you or controlling your behaviour in any way. But if they say that to you there's some if they say that there's something wrong with your brain which in her case he repeatedly told her that she was mental she was an utter and and those are his words not mine by the way then they carry on and they carry on doing whatever they're doing as if nothing's happened then that is gaslighting yeah I really liked that
0: yeah and it's also like eye-opening to like lots of because it isn't just gaslighting he was just generally controlling yeah and like cheating, the, um, the smallest little mind game things she addresses and highlights and hopefully it will help lots of women but I should say that it's also really funny and like it's, it's, hilarious. Not, it's not just really dark and horrible the whole time it's very oh no, not at, very at all funny. and it's and like readable.
1: how she rebuilt her life and found joy and friendships again because a lot of it was he was controlling her relationships with friends as well so she'd lost touch with many of her friends yeah so it's like her rekindling her relationships too
0: yeah and also as we're going back to that juicy bit just like yeah. a brilliant book in terms of the pressures of being a woman and like not fitting the norm but and then also just like showbiz and celebrity culture in general yeah. so I'm just going to get a passage uh, which was page two two two. Um, And also, I love this chapter because it's like in the middle of her doing a performance and singing a song and it keeps like breaking up the lyrics with little bits about her. Um, It says, the agent in L.A. that met me for three minutes then said, the thing with me is that I could never be a leading actress. I'm a classic funny best friend. And that's a problem because it's fashionable for those to go to Asian women at the moment. The director who told me it was in my interest to get either skinnier or fatter if I wanted to get jobs because there's no such thing as normal in this career mm. and just thinking about how how many women must hear that
1: never yeah. men
0: ever hear these things Absolutely. And like you can so imagine it like immediately there were people that came to mind that I'm like she always plays the best friend yeah like um, Rebel Wilson. I was literally about to like, say Rebel Wilson. She's always cast always in a... the same types of role, and it must be because of her type of body. But now she's lost loads of weight. So are we going to now see her in a different type of role? Which is great yeah. for her if that's what she wanted, but also she shouldn't have had to change. Yeah, and will she be in the
1: case? Yeah, and will she be sexualized now? Yeah, and do you know what I mean? It's 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 so messed up to say, and she does expose a lot of how fucked up the acting industry is and Hollywood. You know, just generally. Um, and you know how, it wasn't last week, but it was the week before the episode, we were both saying how like we don't really cry at books. Did you cry? I cried. I cried in the, ep- uh, not in the epilogue. It was the final chapter before the epilogue. Yeah. And oh my God, it just hit me. I don't know why, <laughs> but it hit me and I just ended up crying because it was just so beautiful to hear like, how she's managed to come back from such a low point yeah. and turn it around to become one of like the marking moments in her life and go on to just find joy and happiness without him. And it was, it was it's really empowering to read. Like you can yeah. turn your life around from anything. And this yeah. book it will leave you feeling so uplifted. Definitely. And also it's so. Friggin' readable i immediately God, got it the I and was like, like oh i'm I gonna read this stop. straight away and then yeah. read like
0: 200 pages and was like i couldn't oh stop God. reading it and yeah it's just
1: like w- it was one of those books where you're like oh when can i, I wonder if i can just cr- like sneak in a couple more pages yes. and you can because it's short yeah. chapters joyous mm.
0: um so very unrelated to the book and all the very important topics that it discusses i need to talk <laughs> about something that has been on my mind for a very long time and it was brought up again in this book so oh, at yeah, the I beginning of saying. this year yeah. I had some friends over and two of them were telling me that they had done Kintsugi and I was like, the fuck is that? And they were <laughs> like, oh, well, it's where you like get pots. It's this Japanese um, art form, if you will. Yeah. And it's where you smash pots and then you glue them all back together and you yeah. find all the little pieces. And I was like, that sounds fucking nuts. I want to do that. And I d- I'd never heard of it before my friends told I me. Not. I shit you not. It's been in about 12 to 13 books that I've read since speaking to them.
1: Yeah. Do you know why? There was a, like a meme that went round not a meme but it was like one of those like Instagram quote things and I remember when I went through a breakup a few years ago I like I think about 12 of my friends probably sent me that thing and it was like sent me the image of it was about Kintsuki and it was like this illustration of this beautiful pot about you know how things can be more beautiful when they put back together blah 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 but you're right it is everywhere now
0: it was it and I was like, did I miss it all these times before? Because I didn't know what it was about. And I was like, no, because then I would have known what it was about. So I, I genuinely don't think it's ever been in a book before. And now it keeps coming up in books. Um, and when it came up in this one, I was like, I have to do something about this. And I have to tell someone. <laughs> so this is me finally mentioning it. I love that. Um, anyway, fabulous, fabulous book. Um, this is yet again another book that we might not have read. Or Dora likes didn't bring it to our attention. So... We would highly recommend that you subscribe to Pandora's Books at pandora'sbooks.co.uk and use code RECOS10 for 10% off.
1: Do it. You will not regret it. Okay, Jess, then give us a RECO that you've enjoyed this month.
0: Okay, I'm excited for this one. I haven't even put it on the grid because it was an audiobook that I had wanted to like i wanted to read this book and it just like kept passing me by and then it was free on borrow box like so many of the Ah, books i listen to that is the sort of scenario and this is somebody to love by alexandra hemminsley um and i actually spoke about a different audiobook of hers um last year on the pod that was called running like a girl and it's about running um mm-hmm. and also what that what exercise means for a woman and, and lots yeah. of other great things. She narrates it herself. It's really enjoyable and engaging audiobook to listen to. And so I really wanted to read Somebody to love. And I was like, oh well, I like, I like her audiobook style. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna drop the snob because it's a good one. Do it. What does it mean to be a woman, to live in a woman's body? Alexandra Hemonsley thought she knew, but then her world turned inside out. Having just resurfaced from fertility issues, childbirth and early parenthood, she has, she was told her then husband was going to transition. Somebody to Love is Alex's profoundly open hearted memoir about losing a partner, but gaining a best friend and together bringing up a baby in a changing world. By bearing her own unique scars, Hemmingsley makes a vital manifesto on the unifying resilience that can be found in modern motherhood. Wow. Um, yeah, it's so good and she tells it in very interesting way like she goes down a lot of paths that you're like thinking I've read the blurb this isn't anything to do with it like she really (laughs) goes into detail about her fertility issues and you're sort of left thinking okay like is it is this actually a book about fertility Mm. and then she goes down a different path about when she finally does get pregnant there's this really um Oh my God, it was horrific to listen to. Like, I remember exactly where I was driving and I was so nervous and felt so sick because of the way she wrote about it. But she was pregnant and there was these drunk men on her train and one of them like groped her. Oh, and God. she called out to him, don't touch me and moved carriages. And then all his friends came and tried to like tell her that she was lying about it. And wherever she's like alone on this train, she's really pregnant after waiting so long to become pregnant. And I just was so, so oh, on edge because of how she tells it. But again, I was like, how is this relevant to what I've been sold this book is about? And then like she goes into how she has the baby and like she really loses her identity and also her body. Like she's super sporty and like runs and swims, but now she's like double the size and it's not what she's used to. And again, I'm like, how does this link to the premise? But it all does because it's all about being a woman, which essentially is what her then husband wanted to be and then she links it all back so like all of the everything she went through to have that baby and all the fertility issues she's like did you just use me because you wanted like of she says you know she very much loves um her then husband and like their co coping yeah. brilliantly and whatever but when she, when she gets really down in the dumps at certain parts she's like she she almost felt like used mm. by this person that knew that they wanted to be a woman but yeah. also wanted to have a baby and then like it's like fucked up how she thought about it and again like the fact that her body changed so drastically because yeah. of having a baby um and then this person just gets to be a woman now like it was done so so well and with so much love as well as like really really honest ah oh. openness and oh yeah it was just absolutely brilliant and like more commentary on just trans women in general and how she was yeah. working with a women's charity but then thought I actually can't work with one that doesn't support trans women because my child is going to be brought up by yeah. a trans woman and like just very cleverly yeah. done really record is an audiobook, but I'm assuming it'd be a really great physical book to read as well read ah, oh, amazing that does sound incredible yeah borrow box again high Recco. you mm-hmm. find some absolute gems on there you do um so yeah I'm really glad I have finally spoken about that one <laughs> <laughs> got it off my chest yeah that and Kintsugi
1: <laughs> I feel all
0: free now um okay Lauren mm-hmm. you're up what solo read do you bring into the pod
1: from July I'm gonna bring a coho to the mm-hmm. read to the to the pod so I read Confess by Colleen Hoover and I'm gonna drop this up before I go any further okay so, Auburn Reed has her entire life mapped out. Her goals are in sight, and there's no room for mistakes. But when she walks into a Dallas art studio in search for job, she doesn't expect to find a deep attraction to the enigmatic artist who works there, Owen Gentry. For once, Auburn takes a risk and puts her heart in control, only to discover that Owen is keeping some major secrets from coming out. The magnitude of his past threatens to destroy everything about everything important to auburn and the only way to get her life back on track is to cut owen out of it the last thing owen wants to do is lose auburn but he can't seem to convince her that truth is sometimes as subjective as art all he would have to do to save their relationship is confess but in this case the confession could be more destructive than the actual sin
0: okay so you love a bit of coho I
1: do. do. did this
0: one live up to her other books for
1: you it did. It was hey. tipi- it was, you know, your standard, not standard, it was like your typical coho read, you know. Mm-hmm. But do you know do you want to know what my favorite part of it all was? I do. <laughs> so basically, Owen, he's the love interest, is an artist, and all of his artwork is inspired by like anonymous confessions submitted by people who live in that town. They'd Who's like confessed? write their confession on a piece of paper, slip it through his art studio letterbox, and he would then like collect them. And then when he'd start a new painting, he would use their confession to inspire the painting. So you could go and buy his painting, but also you're buying that person's confession as well. And you, can, you get to see what their confession was. Anyways, what I think is really cool is Colleen Hoover asked her readers to anonymously submit their confessions. And so all of the confessions that are in the book are genuinely her reader's confessions are they really spicy they're like I um don't think I can ever love my child in the way that I need to love my child or I you know they're like they're really like deep and exposing confessions they're not like I once stole a magazine from Sainsbury's they're like deep shit it was really cool I think I said, that. yeah, I think I said in my review, like, it's not groundbreaking. And I don't think you're ever really, there are a few coho books, I'd say that are groundbreaking, but like, she has so many books. And I did find the plot to be quite predictable in terms of where the story was going. Like, it starts with a love interest, it then becomes a forbidden love. And then the rest of the plot really just is on the basis of like a will, they won't, they kind of vibe. Yeah. but. Needless to say, I don't think that that doesn't mean it's a not a racco. because yeah, I mean every romance. Oh you know God, where, you it's, know where it's going. You know, <laughs> but you love like, it. You're there for the ride, and I won't say where it's going in case nope. I don't know. You are genuinely quite. Uh, you don't know, <laughs> um, but I was in a reading slump at the time, and I just couldn't get into a book, and I couldn't. I I don't know. I was just like didn't really fancy reading anything like yeah. too heavy. And I just saw it on my bookshelf and I thought, Do you know, what? I'm going to read that because I know that her writing always pulls me in. I always get invested in the drama. I love like, I, even though I know where it's going, I love the, you know, the atmosphere and like just getting engrossed into the character's lives. So it got me out of the slump. Love that. I feel like Koho
0: will always pull you out of the slump. So maybe always. you need to buy all of her like 20 books or whatever it is and then you yeah. to go to one when you need.
1: But obviously, I can't. But like, read November nine until November nine. No, don't you dare! Well, actually, you need to read it slightly before so you can mm. post it on November. 9. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Okay. I'm very pleased that you enjoyed another coho. Oh, but actually, be really sad for you when you read one that you don't like, because I haven't had that with TJR, and it would kill me for that to happen to you with coho. Mm, same. It would kill me a little bit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's round off with one final butter read for good measure. Oh, let's do it. So I have spoken about Jessica Andrews' award-winning debut novel, Saltwater, on the pod before, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we have just read her highly anticipated second book, Milk Teeth, which thankfully, because I loved it, is told in the exact same storytelling method as her last one. Um, And also, just like Saltwater, I had a hard time summarising what the book was actually about. So, Lauren, would you like to
1: read the official synopsis? (laughs) Okay, here's the official synopsis. (laughs) A girl grows up in the north of England amid scarcity precarity, and the toxic culture of heroin chic, believing that she needs to make herself smaller to claim presence in the world. Years later, as a young woman with unattainable ideals, she meets someone who calls everything into question and is forced to confront episodes from her past. Their relationship takes her from London to Barcelona, and the Pacific precipice of a new life full of sensuality yet she still feels an uneasiness in the sticky mediterranean heat among tropical plants and secluded beaches she must decide what form of her adult life should take and learn how to feel deserving of love and care
0: i guess that does do the job
1: it does um, but i i know what you mean because it's so character driven over plot you are a little so bit like periods of
0: time and places and things which is just like yeah. water. Um, So this was your first Jessica Andrews. How did you find it?
1: I really liked it. I really liked the first half of the book Mm. um, because I read it on a train and I thought the writing style was really beautiful. When I then went to finish it, and I don't know if this is because I was severely hungover, Mm. but when I finished it, I just didn't have the time for that kind of writing and i was right. a bit like okay we need to wrap this up guys i think it was just more that my patience was thinning because i was hungover and it wasn't a true reflecting reflection of the book but i did feel like parts of it were slightly repetitive
0: yeah, I was like, yeah. oh
1: god are we still talking like are we still are we still here
0: yeah i slightly dipped off in either part 2 or part 3 but then came back
1: yeah um but the reason I love her
0: books is because I'm just like so in awe of the writing It is um, beautiful, and I always I make notes of like so many quotes and this one was very it was early on it was like page seven and it reminded me of the fizzy feelings that I <laughs> spoke about the other day uh, and I think when I last spoke about saltwater I shared a very kind of similarish quote from that, okay. book in that podcast episode so this was um I walk back home through the morning rush my lips chafed and swollen the smell of your sweat in my hair the air is sharp on my tingling skin and I unbutton my coat and let it sting me awake I carry the thrill of you inside me like something dangerous a pan of boiling water threatening to spill I think of the light splitting your bedroom curtains your face smudged with sleep on the pillow how lovely
1: Yeah. Really nice. Like so vivid. So vivid. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, exactly like, you know, that feeling, (laughs) you know, that feeling and you know, like that dreaminess of that stage when you meet somebody Yeah, where like even the smallest things about that person, you find absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah. And even that the line that technically didn't even have to be about that, like maybe you're hungover and you go outside, the air is sharp on my tingling skin. You're like mm-hmm. oh yeah sometimes you just need that rush of, especially at the moment you need that rush of
1: cold air you yeah, really do <laughs> um and I quite liked just like I guess because she grew up not in London I can't yeah. remember where she grew up the north but it is in the north I can't remember exactly oh Newcastle. Newcastle oh Newcastle so she grew up um in a very different sort of Socioeconomic background to like London living. And I think I really liked like the sort of jarring nature between her life up north and then the like the differences in the c- sort of people and conversation topics that she then encountered when she moved to London for university. And mm. um, so there's this one quote for, or extract from the book where she says. I was surprised to find my new friends talked about food all the time. They shared recipes from newspapers and glossy cookery books. They had favourite chefs and restaurants and they got sourdough pizza takeaways. I didn't understand their language. It was so different from the world I grew up in, where women shared slimming world solidarity, talking in magic knickers and bathroom scales. The women I knew from home were proud of how little they allowed themselves to take. They admired each other's discipline and their ability to wane. And oh, yeah. I just found that like so fascinating in like how she's commented in like I don't know if it's like a generational thing or it's like a more like sub- I think it's generational because versus... when I heard you read that, I was picturing like a group of mums at a buffet. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is, but I think it, it's more like the the friends she met and they and she just sort of admired and envied the way that they could just talk about food without it without it having so many connotations and yeah. feelings attached to and it And actually this is probably a good
0: point to point out that I I think I mean I don't know because I haven't had one but I think if you had an eating disorder you might struggle with this book yeah yeah I because think the character would. has an undiagnosed one um and yeah. like it's a big plot point about how she's like not really hungry and, and things yeah. so I just think like be wary of reading this yeah if that's you um But what you just said kind of links to another passage I did, which I mostly did it for the nostalgia. (laughs) We do love a bit of nostalgia. And Jessica Andrews does nostalgia so well because it's like so our era. Mm. But this is quite long. So I'm going to cut out a chunk of it, but I am also going to read most of it because you're going to just be so transported. Okay. (laughs) We watched The Hills and The O.C. on MTV, longing for honeyed limbs and pastel pink sunsets, Picturing boulevards lined with palm trees and jobs at Teen Vogue. Do you remember when we all wanted to work at magazines, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, going to just chop to this. <laughs> just <laughs> such a vibe. We watched Victoria Beckham shrink into her seat at the World Cup and trace the curve of Kate Moss's thighs and her gold Glastonbury mini dress we swelled with longing as sequins dripped from the narrow shoulders of the Olsen twins and sighed with envy as the inky daisies tattooed around Peach's gilder's stomach squeezed her into a smaller more angular shape we watched Alexa Chung form a long black line in her skinny jeans and ogled Cassie from Skins angeled head in a green gold dress spun out on pills and in, in the dawn we learned the language of self-destruction in hip bones and heroin chic the women we admired admired could do nothing if they were skinny and could do anything sorry if they were skinny and beautiful enough
1: oh my god and the worst part is i know exactly every single picture that she's referenced every single there. picture like I'm so obsessed with that Victoria Beckham shrinking into her seat at the World Cup <laughs> one. So and, and the Kate Moss in the gold dress at Glasto, where yeah. she is like just it's a whole clothes just hanging off her body. Of I mean, body it isn't it? Isn't, it's a toxic vibe of heroin chic, isn't it? And how unattainable it was, because essentially all of these people weren't eating. They were just... yeah. Just smoking and doing drugs and (laughs) yeah, their diet was cigarettes and wine and drugs and
0: potentially heroin. And it just just takes you back. Like I so remember that year. I could I could don't know what year. But equally,
1: like that's it. It's that it was those like moments of pop culture that has over time imprinted itself on her brain to be this is the body that is sexy and that I need to strive for. And without that, yeah. that, and that's what caused or in part caused the eating disorder that she has later in life. Yeah.
0: And do you know what, right? I say this quite often. Say what you want about my friends, the Kardashians, but they have, they, they now have created a new unattainable yeah. beauty standard, but they did do a lot for bringing curves back in. Like there was yeah. a time when everyone was like, Oh, I want a bigger butt and I want juicy thighs and things. And they, yeah. they it's now got to extreme. But yeah, I do think we should commend them for starting to mm. twist the narrative. And I also think I do think obviously we still have such a long way to go, but we are now moving more towards body positivity. And yeah, literally you can be whatever size you want and wear whatever the hell you want.
1: And and go for your life. Yeah. Yeah. There's still some work to do. But of course, yeah. Baby steps. There was one bit where she talked about not having a smartphone. And part of the reason was because her phone, like her non-smartphone um had a fake call function and do you remember my big chunky samsung that um we were obsessed with and it had that fake call function yes and do you know what i was particularly like we
0: we were not going on dates when you had that phone right we if we were if we were meeting up with there boys was one, there was one like day I we, went yeah, on but we with that like knew them right and we, we would always plan that, like, we would be able to use that function like we were, like, in Sex and City going out with different men that we didn't Uh really know each night.
1: Like (laughs) We
0: were way too young to actually be properly dating when you would need that
1: function. (laughs) Totally. And not of drinking legal drinking aid, so it wasn't like we were going to bars or something. No,
0: we were, like, going to the shopping centre.
1: Yes! (laughs) We were cute. Oh, that was a vibe. That was a vibe. See
0: what I mean? These jessica andrews just get you nails that, that. that so right she i guess that. for our generation like maybe if you're older or younger you'd be like sorry the fuck what Like, cool function there's probably what's the hills what's the oc yeah um oh my god records galore as always i don't know why i always say that when i not
1: podcast you do. And you surprised
0: i really I, do you know what i really am so surprised um but anyway july as, as every other month has been fabulous um and we will be back in september um there's a big old backlist of podcast episodes yeah. you can go and listen to in the meantime if you miss us
1: and if there are any books that we haven't recorded if you'd like us to record then use the month of august to slide into the dms and let us know good
0: one because we can catch
1: up with that reading thanks Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And you can always share our
0: podcast with your reading buddy too. And if you don't already, then follow us on Instagram at bookrecos for, funnily enough, more recommendations.
1: See you next month.
0: (laughs) We'll be here.